Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Hey, can we thank our fabulous team up here on stage? Thanks, guys. How are we today? Quiet. Anyone up at the dawn service? There were some. 3 a.m., I believe, you, went, you got up to go to get a park. That deserves a hand. <laughs> 3 a.m. We've got some beautiful friends here today. Steve and Christy Godfrey. Give them a big welcome. They um, have family in our church, and they run C3 Kingscliff, which we happen to get to go up and see them once a year. It's really hard suffering up there for the Lord near the beach. They, they really don't enjoy that at all, do you? It's wonderful to have you guys with us today. Christy is Steve and Deb's daughter. So there you go. You all know Steve and Deb White. Our other great friends. So we're finishing our Fearless series. Can you turn me down a bit, Bill, please? We're finishing our Fearless series this week. And the last message, Paul preached the last message, fabulous message on the power of and the how to show love to those people in our world who don't know Christ. We called this series Fearless because... We all need a level of boldness to be able to share our faith with others. Has anyone found that? Yeah, I found that. I need a level of boldness so that I can share what God has done in my life with other people. And 1 Peter 3 says this, And if anyone asks you about the hope living within you, and you know when... When Christ comes into our life, he's the anchor of hope, so there's hope living within us, no matter what. When he can't, when, if anyone asks you about the hope within you, always be ready to explain your faith. So I want to talk about some things today that I hope will help us to do this. And look, I'm the first to admit that sharing our faith is not always an easy thing to do. Anyone else? Yeah. Sometimes I've tried it, when I've tried it, I've felt like a failure. Some of you are agreeing with me, the others of you are perfect. It's okay. Sometimes I've felt like it's too difficult. Maybe you have too, and I've put it in the the too hard basket. I have faith. I have a relationship with God. But sometimes it's, I don't feel totally comfortable, and this verse that says, always be ready to explain the hope that is within you, always be ready to explain our faith is not something you may like to think about very often. When it comes to sharing your faith, you may not feel fearless. You may feel the exact opposite. When someone looks at you, you think, have you ever been in a classroom or a discussion with a group of people, 
and the person leading the discussion says, so, who wants to tell us about blah? Or who wants to share about this? And everyone's eyes hit the ground. Because you don't want to give them eye contact. Because if you give them eye contact, they may choose you. Maybe you feel like that. Don't choose me. <laughs> Please don't ask me. I'm okay when I'm at church. I'm, uh, I'm okay when I'm at my group or with my Christian friends. But when I'm at work or when I'm at uni, when people around me are having a go at what I believe, I really don't know what to do and I, I don't feel confident to say what I think and I'm not bold enough to take a stand for what I believe. I just find it difficult. Maybe you feel like that. I remember back when I was at school last century. <laughs> I probably was. <laughs> it was last century. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't mean that. Um, okay, I remember when I was at school and I didn't feel like I, f I fitted in because of what I believe, because I've grown up in a, in a Christian home and sometimes I felt very uncomfortable. Now add to that the excruciating shyness and inability to put a sentence together when I was put on the spot or even when I wasn't put on the spot and it was a recipe for disaster. And I just felt like an endless failure when it came to all of doing, doing that. Now, a few weeks ago at Easter, we talked about Peter, the Apostle Peter, and how just before Jesus died, he big-mouthed himself and bragged and said, that he, and said, Jesus, everyone else might leave you, but I won't. And, and then he did the exact opposite. He didn't just abandon Jesus. He didn't just walk away. He actually denied him. He denied him three times. No, don't know him. No, don't know him. No, don't know him. He had some failures under his belt. And, and he wasn't fearless. And he wasn't bold. And he felt pretty horrible afterwards. And the circumstances that unfolded... Um, after Peter betrayed and denied Jesus, they didn't, they didn't actually surprise Jesus. He predicted it was going to happen, but, not a, but more importantly than that, it didn't disqualify Peter from serving God. It didn't disqualify Peter from fulfilling his destiny. And aren't we glad about that? Aren't you glad about that today? Yeah. The Peter we see directly after Jesus' death, was fearful and lost. But two things happened in Peter's life. Two things happened after that failure, after that denial. Two things that changed him into a different person. The first thing that happened is he had an encounter with the grace of God. And the second thing that happened is he had an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And both of those things changed and transformed his life. He'd messed up. Messing up feels really bad, right? Does anyone else feel bad after they've messed up? You know the feeling? I know. I, I, if you're human, you do. I really don't like that feeling of messing up or missing the mark. 
I remember distinctly chatting with uh, a, a lady who has been in my life for many, 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 many years. And, um, and during that conversation, I mean, she knew what I thought and she knew uh, what I believe. And during the conversation, she was saying things that I didn't agree with, but I didn't have the courage to actually say what I really thought. I was not fearless. I was not bold. And I walked away from that encounter, and I felt, just like Peter felt, oh, man, oh, man, I've, you know, I've missed, I've missed it. I've missed the mark. I've messed up. I've denied, I've, you know, after Peter messed up, <laughs> Jesus had a special message for him, and it's in Mark 16. It says, now, go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee, you will see him there, just as he told you before he died. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter. You know, God singled him out. He singled him out not to embarrass him because other people might do that. They might single you out to embarrass you, but not God. <laughs> no. He singled him out because he wanted Peter to know that he still saw him, that he still loved him, that his failure was not a final failure. Like it, it was, the grace of God was bigger than what had happened in his life. He wasn't disqualified. And then Jesus met Peter on the shores of a lake and he fed him and he spoke with him and he revealed things to him about his future and he, he sent him on his way. And I'm so grateful that for the grace that comes in with knowing Jesus. Anyone else here today grateful for the grace that comes? I'm so grateful there is a place for all of us, even when we mess, mess up. You might be sitting in your seat today and think, but I've just really messed up. Like, I've really, really messed up. God's grace is bigger. He's here. His arms are open. He's welcoming you back. You have not disqualified yourself. I remember standing outside of a nightclub at the age of 15 or 16. I can't remember what it was. But I stood out and I had definitely messed up. And I remember just standing outside and just calling out to God and saying, God, <laughs> I don't know how to get myself out of this mess that I have got myself in. I really don't know what to do. You know, within two or three weeks, God had done a miracle in my life, pulled me out of, the, of where I was to a different city. See, God answers prayer. <laughs> God, you know, when you turn back to him, he'll do whatever it takes. He'll, he'll do whatever it takes to get you where he needs to get you. So Peter had this encounter with the grace of God and, and then he also had an encounter with the Holy Spirit and it totally transformed his life. Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. 
Jesus is talking to his disciples before he leaves the earth and he tells them, he says, the Holy Spirit is coming and he's gonna empower you in a way that you haven't been empowered before. And it's gonna help you. It's gonna help you to be able to witness. It's gonna help you to be able to establish and build and grow the church. So don't go anywhere until you get it. And that word power, it actually means ability. It means God's ability. He said, I'm gonna give you the ability to be able to open your mouth and boldly share your story. Now that word power, that, that ability is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Woohoo! Now that's power, that's ability. It's the same power that Ephesians tells us works within us so that <laughs> we can have all the, far beyond what you hoped and imagined. That's the power that works within you. That's the power, that's God's ability that is poured out and it was poured out on the believers at Pentecost. Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Very exciting an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And what we see, if you look at this Acts 2, this incredible power of the Holy Spirit, Peter, who, was pre who previously had denied Jesus, who used to be afraid and cowardly, stood up through the power of the Holy Spirit and began to fulfill the prophecy that Jesus spoke of in Acts 1.8. You will be my witnesses. He stood up and he talked to the crowd with boldness and power. This is an amazing before and after story. Have you taken photos before you renovated a house? Before and after? No to the change. Yeah? This is a before and after. What about someone who loses a ginormous amount of weight before and after. You can tell the difference. Can I say to you, you can tell the difference with Peter. The tough fisherman, he delivered this message and it was well articulated, it was logical, but more than anything else, it was effective. Because 3,000 people came to know Christ. That's cool. Isn't that amazing? Peter the betrayer became Peter the bold. Peter the denier became Peter the disciple of Jesus. The transformation in his life was all Jesus. It was the Holy Spirit. Peter had been walking with Jesus for three years. Already, like, you know, he'd, he'd been walking with him, he'd watched him, he'd, he'd hung out with him. He'd learnt from him, but once he received the indwelling and enabling power through the Holy Spirit, 
it changed. His life changed. It's an incredible change. But Acts 2 was only the beginning. If you keep reading Acts, it keeps going. There was an unmistakable presence of the moving and the working of the power of the Holy Spirit all the way through Acts. And as it unfolds, the gospel continues to spread. And the church is birthed. In Acts 4, it says this, after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. They'd only just been filled. They were continually empowered by the Holy Spirit to share their story, to share the gospel. So how about you today? Have you received the infilling power of the Holy Spirit? The ability from heaven, courage and boldness. Have you? Maybe you have, but like the people in Acts 4, they needed to be filled again. You might need to be filled again today. I need to be filled every day, every single day. Because that power is available today. It wasn't just available then, it's available today. Right here, right here. We need the refilling of the Holy Spirit so that we can share our story. So that you can share your story because your story is important. It really is important. The story of how Jesus has touched and changed and transformed your life is important. And there are people waiting to hear your story. It will impact their life. It will lead them to Christ. And the most amazing thing about your story is (laughs) no one can take it away from you. It's your story. They can't talk you out of it. No one can talk me out of my story. It's my story. They can't tell you it's wrong. When I stand up and say I went from an excruciatingly shy person who couldn't put sentences together to someone who does this, no one can take that away from me. And that's not me, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's that's the transforming power of God when he touches people's lives. There is a story in John chapter 4 about a woman who met Jesus at a well and Jesus did the same thing for her. He touched and changed her life. And the woman, she went back to the the village that she was from and and she told people about Jesus. And and John 4.39 says that many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because of her story. And that's why the Bible tells us to be ready to explain our faith, to tell our story because others are impacted. In the story that, um, about that woman, there's a point where Jesus had this conversation with the disciples and he talks to them about the harvest. John 4.35, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are ready, already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages. And the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests. And it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. 
Others have already done the work, and now you will gather the harvest. This is a beautiful passage of Scripture. Firstly, Jesus says, don't say that no one wants to hear your story. There are people that want to hear your story right now. We ask God to lead us to them. And when he does that, to open our mouth with boldness that we could plant the seed. Maybe you're going to plant a seed that someone else is going to harvest, or maybe when you tell your story, (laughs) the seed was planted by someone else and you're going to see the harvest right there. It doesn't really matter. It's, It's all about being bold and opening our mouth and sharing our story. The festival of the Passover... which is what was going on in Jerusalem when the Holy Spirit was poured out. It was actually a harvest celebration. Jewish believers, they travelled to Jerusalem to worship at Pentecost, to bring the first fruits from the wheat harvest. They were there to celebrate and thank God for the harvest that He provided to them. But on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2... As they were gathering to bring the first fruits from the wheat harvest and to celebrate, there was a greater harvest that took place. Wouldn't you agree? And that was the harvest of 300 lives, 3,000 lives transformed. And that's the harvest John, uh, Jesus talked about in John 4. That is the harvest. That is the reason you and I ultimately is the reason we're here. To see that harvest, to be a part of that harvest. How? By sharing our story, by being filled with the Holy Spirit every day. What will God accomplish in and through us as we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, as we yield to the Holy Spirit? There's this wonderful verse in Ephesians 6 says this and pray for me too please do ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for everyone pray for me too ask God to give me the right words that's what I want God give me the right words that I can boldly not timidly but boldly not pushingly I'm not talking about being pushy, but boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for everyone. That's what He wants for us. Now you might be here this morning and maybe you've never... Maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your life. You know, I talked about the grace of God in this message. About how His arms are always open. And they are. They're always open. 
So if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I can tell you He's waiting excitedly for you to turn to Him, to ask Him to come into your life so that you can walk with Him, so that you can come to a church, but that you can have a relationship. Maybe you need to get your heart right with Him today. Maybe you need to recommit your life to Him. We're going to pray a prayer really soon. It's a private prayer between you and God, but we invite everyone here to pray it. And we invite you, if you would like to do that, we invite you to pray it as well. We're going to do that in a moment. But maybe you're here this morning, you've never, ever had someone pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have a team that will be up here after the service to pray. I encourage you. Jesus said, don't leave without, don't, don't start doing anything without it. I encourage you, don't leave the building today without it. It will change and transform your life just like it did with Peter. Maybe you need to be refilled. Let's pray together. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for dying for my sin, Jesus. I ask you to come into my life. I choose to live for you. Thank you that today I'm saved. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.